celebration is in the air today as Milwaukee marks the fifth annual African-American Environmental Pioneer Awards. These awards shine a light on community members who dedicate their talents to conservation, sustainability, and advocacy. WUWM Susan Ben spoke with one of this year's honorees. Dr. Sandra E. Jones is a lifelong Milwaukeean. She taught for over three decades in UW-Milwaukee's Department of African and African Diaspora Studies before taking on leadership of the Victory Garden Initiative in the city's Harambe neighborhood. Just after I retired in 2015, maybe a year later, my partner Brenda Coley, Executive Director of Milwaukee Water Commons, Co-Executive Director, and Ann Bremen, who was the interim EV here, asked me to consider being on the board because VGI had some difficulties in terms of diversity, you know, and I I agreed to do it. So uh, what I first started doing was coming to the farm stand. You know, Victory Garden Initiative has a weekly farm stand, and I came, and and so somewhere around that time is when I first got associated with VGI. I was elected to the board, put on the board, and um, it, the rest is history. So it's an interesting evolution. Victory Garden Initiative started in somebody's living room on the east side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and here we are. Describe this spot in the in the neighborhood. Well, um, and again, it was one of the reasons that I uh, was asked to you know become associated with VGI because it was um, really not integrated, I'll use that word, uh, into the neighborhood. The neighborhood really saw it as a space for white people. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to address when I started working with the, with the group. Since then, things have changed. We had our first uh, African-American woman, Michelle Dobbs, who was executive director before I came on, and she did a, a great deal in terms of really making this place of the neighborhood, not necessarily only serving it, but of the neighborhood. And um, we've continued that process. So um, we had at the end of last year what we called a season wrap-up. This room here, it was full with people, and there was food and music, and, and the diversity was just beautiful. <laughs> You know, there were people, the neighbors from came over and, and uh, enjoyed fellowship and food and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that's what we, that's what our aim is, you know, to make this of the neighborhood and not simply serving it. Although we do plenty of that, too. Your life started in Milwaukee. You've had a full, rich career in, in teaching at UWM. Uh, actually, I'm a high school dropout. <laughs> I went to North Division. I grew up in Milwaukee, born and raised. Went to North Division, dropped out in the, at 17. 17 years later, I started at university, at UWM. 17 years after that, I walked across the stage with a PhD. My first and only teaching position has been at UWM. So I am Milwaukee born and bred. <laughs> and talk about that teaching and... and you know, why, why you gravitated to it? My field is literature. I teach African-American literature, women's literature, but I also teach history and sociology. And even in, when I teach literature, I always incorporate it or embed it in the history out of which it grew. 
I've been teaching a long time, and I love it. I love being in the classroom. The most exciting thing is when you meet somebody out in the world who was in one of your classes. <laughs> we have here at Victory Garden the Great Milwaukee Blitz annually. And when I first came on, I was working on the Blitz, called up Blue Ribbon Organic Soil. That's where we get our soil for the Blitz. And I'm talking on the phone to the young man, and he says, oh, by the way, I was in one of your classes. <laughs> Made me feel great. But, you know, teaching has is, is, is really been an important part of my life because it, it gives me the opportunity to keep the history alive you know, keep the traditions that is, is so important in, in African-American culture to keep it alive. So many students in my classes have never heard of W.E.B. Du Bois, Zora Neale Hurston, and folks like that. And, you know, and that, that's, that's important history. It's one of the reasons that I wrote my book, Voices of Milwaukee Bronzeville, to keep that history alive. You know, I interviewed eight people who were born in Milwaukee and had the whole of the Bronzeville experience. And when they go, that's gone, you know? So getting that, those stories is, is really important. In fact, two of the people who I interviewed have left us. That's my teaching story. <laughs> how did you wrestle with the environmental issues? You know, how, how has that factored into your life and now as you're at this chapter of contributing to the future of this organization? Well, you know, I, I come from a, a family of, of farmers. My family comes from Mississippi, Valzoni, Mississippi. And uh, my parents were sharecroppers. You know, growing up, we always had a garden. My father was a big farmer. Uh, you know, so in that sense, I've always been connected to the land. But being associated with VGI has really opened my eyes to issues the issue of food insecurity. VGI is situated in the heart of the Harambe community, the heart of the black community. And I don't know if people know this, but there are no major grocery stores in, in the boundaries of Harambe. Um, about 11,000 people live in this neighborhood. It's one of the poorest neighborhoods in the city. Many don't own cars. So they don't have access to healthy, nutritious food. You know, they depend on corner stores and gas stations and dollar stores and things like that, and they don't sell fresh fruit, fruit and vegetables there. So in my opinion, VGI is an important resource under those circumstances. Everything we grow here is organic, and more importantly, everything we grow here is free. In one way or the other, through our distribution system, through the uh, urban farm, acre and a half urban farm, where people, it's open 24-7, people can come and pick what they want. We have the weekly farm stand during the growing season, and we want to make these things available because it does address such an important issue. The closest thing we have to major grocery stores on the boundaries, Walmart and Pete's Market on North Avenue, and like I say, many people don't have cars, so even that is inaccessible. You know, you could be sitting around drinking coffee and writing a book and maybe traveling. Would you call this a labor of love or a labor that needs doing? It is a labor of love, and up to now, I've been doing it pro bono. <laughs> 
you know, because like I say, PTI was having some difficulties. One was financial. I had the time. I had the energy. I feel the need. So that's why I got involved. That's why I remain involved. I could be doing all those things, but I only agreed to do this job for a year. And at the end of the year, <laughs> I don't want to go. So I'm going to stick around a while. I believe the beginning of the Victory Garden movement was, it was spearheaded by Eleanor Roosevelt, I think, mm. wasn't it? At a time when food around the country likely was at a premium, you know, mm -hmm. things were tough. Does the name of the organization itself resonate with you or does it feel... I've heard people say that it is a bit outdated. <laughs> you know, the Blitz, you know, it's all, it's, it's related to war and, and military and you know, some folks want to change it. But I guess I'm, I have to look past that. You know, it, is it a problem? I don't think so. It has a little spark to it. <laughs> well, you're, I, I'm guessing, you know, um, use your energy and your advocacy in areas that's, that are really necessary, which I think what you've said is, is being part of this neighborhood. Right, right. And, you know, we're sitting in this, what we call our farmhouse, and this is our community room. So we not only grow food, but we, we have classes here. We have a series of classes we call Move Grass classes, where we teach beginning gardening, container gardening. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a wonderful event uh, put on by uh, Camille Mays, a sound bath. So this room was full of people, and she was playing her crystal bowls, and you know it was a healing exercise. We're going to do it again soon, by the way. The backyard, which is a beautiful space, has a wonderful cherry tree sitting right in the middle of it. Best cherries in the world. Uh, we want to turn that into a, um, a kitchen garden, a healing garden, and have events back there. We've, we've had some in the past, but we really want to upgrade it and, and make it a nice, usable space. And, and just to continue about this room, we also have youth education classes in the summer because we want to not only feed people, but teach people how to feed themselves. That's an important part of Victory Garden's mission. The idea of developing a healing space, a garden space, is there discussion of using it as a tool to drive down violence and drive up good stuff? The way I would put it is, you know, there's a lot of hurt in this community. And the community needs a lot of healing. So, you know, so rather than anti-violence and all of that, we want to help people to heal and to grow. We want to be a, a place where people can, even the garden, you know, across the street, people can go and breathe cleaner air. So that's our focus, making it a place where people can come and get away from all the violence. You know, we've had our ups and downs, but we have a bigger purpose to serve in helping people to heal from the, just the struggles of everyday life. And part of that is, is, is the food we grow and giving people nutritious, healthy food to eat. So as you consider this honor, what's the significance of celebrating African-American environmental pioneers <clears throat> and rising stars? Well, for so long they've been ignored. And, and I must say, I am totally surprised and honored. <laughs> to be in this number. But, you know, for so long, people just put their heads down and do their work in this community and don't often get recognized. And so the importance 
to me is, is really highlighting the hard work and commitment that people are doing across the city of Milwaukee. Because we don't get it that often. For people listening to the story, mm -hmm. what would you like people to walk away from learning about BGI, learning about your passion for teaching and why <laughs> what's happening here is happening? What do you want to leave people with? I guess I want to leave people with the idea that something can be done. We're resilient people. <laughs> and things change when we put our minds and bodies to work at changing them. You know, I could tell you many stories about people I meet in the course of this work. You know, our neighbor Molly on this side of us and Melvin across the street. They just put their heads down and do their work. When we put our minds to it, we can get things done. So let's put our minds to it. <laughs> and bodies. Dr. Sandra E. Jones is executive director of the Victory Garden Initiative. She's one of nine honorees of this year's African American Environmental Pioneer Awards, being celebrated today. Jones continues to teach African American literature at UW Milwaukee as an adjunct professor. 